In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My dear sisters and brothers in Christ, if there's one thing your non-Christian friends know about Christians, what would it be? Or if you have uh, uh, unbelieving friends or an atheist friend and, and you ask them, what is your impression of the Bible? Or is there a verse from the Bible that you know? Which one do you think they would recite? Maybe some of you would suggest the, the golden rule as it's commonly referred to, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That might be a good guess. Or maybe it wouldn't be like a specific verse or even a specific teaching, but maybe it's just kind of a general observation that you Christians are very strict on things. And, and, and your life seems very absent of joy and adventure. Why would you want to live like that? I, I think all of those are probably pretty fair and, and probably would even be very common. But I think the one that I most commonly hear sort of thrown back at Christians is this. Judge not, lest ye be judged. I don't know why the King James Version is the one that all of them know, but those seem to be the ones that they commonly reference. If there's one thing that non-Christians know about Christians, it's that you and I are not supposed to judge people. And it's fair. Jesus does say that. The Bible has plenty to say about that. At the same time, that makes things really awkward when they throw that in our face right now because I don't know if you've been paying attention a lot out there in the world these days, but judging and canceling and boycotting and avoiding pretty much seems to be the only thing that Christians are doing. I, I happened to catch this interview earlier this week of, of a very prominent Christian woman, and she was calling on all Christians to boycott seeing the new Barbie movie. And, and her reasoning behind that was because the movie did not offer any family values. And as I'm sitting there listening to her, I, I kind of wanted to start my own boycott against her for thinking that there actually would be family values in the Barbie movie. Now, I really don't care whether or not you see the movie, but it seems like a strange thing, doesn't it? To go on national television to try and tell people to not go... Anyway... There's a couple reasons why I think we as Christians like judging. First and foremost, it's part of our sinful nature. And this isn't just for Christians, this is for all people. And the reason that is because when we put someone else down, it feels like we're lifting ourselves up. And, and so when we judge someone or cancel someone, we're actually making them look bad and ourselves look good. It's a very tempting thing to do. 
But I think there's another reason why we do it. We tend to judge and cancel and boycott and avoid things that, or people that we view as evil because we think we are doing God and people a huge favor by doing it. There are bad things and bad people in this world, and we have to kind of bond together in order to get rid of them. And if you have that approach, or that thought has ever crossed your mind, then Jesus has a story he would like to tell you. There was a man who owned a large plot of land, and he planted wheat in his field. Good seed, good wheat. And his employees and he were waiting for things to start to come to fruition, and he saw it, and good wheat and good seeds, seeds produced a good crop. However, the employees also started to know that in um, and amidst the wheat were weeds. And so, they asked, I think, what is a very natural question. Do you want us to go and pull up the weeds? Do you want us to go and get rid of all of the evil in your field? It's exactly what you would expect and even what you would want workers in your field to do and to say. I mean, what else are you supposed to do with weeds? And yet in that one question, Jesus so perfectly captures our natural response when we look out into the world and we see evil things being done by evil people. Do you want us to go out and get rid of it, Lord? And yet, did you catch his answer? No. The word that Jesus uses for weed is a different word. It's a unique word. The word there in the Greek is zizanium. It's a common wheat in the Middle East. Its name is darnel. And what makes this weed so unique and so challenging is that it grows in and among wheat and it looks exactly like it. You see, the, the devil doesn't go out into the world and sow dandelions and crabgrass. That's too easy to spot. That looks nothing like wheat. In fact, the nickname of Zizania, the nickname of it is Cheat because it looks so much like wheat. And, and so what Jesus is saying here is, and this is very sobering for us to hear, Jesus says, I do not want you to go out and rid the world of evil because you and I are not qualified to make those decisions. We don't have the ability to tell the difference between wheat and cheat. We're just not smart enough. We're not good enough. We can't tell the difference. And even if one is so blatantly obvious, Jesus says, while you're pulling that one up, you could be taking wheat along with it. It's not always evil, or in other words, it's not always easy 
to differentiate between believers and unbelievers in this world. They look very alike in a lot of cases, Jesus says, to the point that you and I, probably more times than not, could not tell the difference. Now, Jesus is not saying that you and I don't know the difference between right and wrong, between good and evil. In fact, this is one of the purposes of the Bible, is to make those things abundantly clear. This is sin, this is good. At the same time, if you and I are constantly on the lookout for evil people in this world so that we can get rid of these weeds, Jesus says you have to be careful because two things are going to happen. Number one, in looking for evil all around you, you are going to stop looking for evil inside yourself. And in trying to rid the world of evil, you are going to forget that you are a part of it. The second one is this. Jesus says, I don't want you to pull out the weeds. And yet, at least initially, that's not for the benefit of the weed. It's for the benefit of the wheat. Which on the heels of the parable that we heard Jesus tell last Sunday makes no sense. Remember the sower went out and he scattered his seed and it fell on different kinds of soil and different places. There was the rocky and there was the path and there was the good soil. And then there was the place that fell among the weeds. And that plant grew up and the weeds choked it out. So wouldn't it be best for the wheat if you got rid of the weeds? Well, that was that parable. That's not this one. Jesus says, I'm not worried about this weed choking out my wheat. I'm worried about you going out into the world and trying to pull up weeds and yet taking wheat with it. You and I are not qualified to make judgments on things we don't fully understand. And you get this. You probably don't have to stretch your memory bank all that far, um, that far back to remember a time when you had made a judgment about someone and you would have staked your life on it only to find out that you were dead wrong. Either time went by and more information came to light or you know, something you had thought you heard wasn't really what you heard. Whatever the reason was, you and I are not perfect judges. And so God says, I want you to leave it up to me. And that is actually for the benefit of you, God's wheat. You see, because of where and when and how the devil does his work in the world, Jesus wants us to know that very often you and I cannot undo the devil's work without at the same time also threatening to undo the work of our Savior Jesus. So for example, you, you, you know a Christian. She's a young lady, and 
On the surface, she looks like she's probably a pretty good Christian. She comes to church, she tithes, she does all of those things on Sunday morning that Christians should do. But Monday through Saturday, you know, she lives nothing like a Christian. And in fact, she's starting to give us real Christians a pretty bad name. So you want to go up to her and you want to cancel her. You want to eradicate her. You want to tell her that she's not welcome here anymore because she does not look enough like wheat. When the reality is, she cries herself to sleep every single night because she is so wrought with guilt. She struggles with her sin And she cries out day after day, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. You see, if you would cancel that woman, if you would eradicate that woman that you view as being cheat, you would think that you're getting rid of a weed. But in reality, you're getting rid of wheat. As young and as weak and as immature as that wheat might be. Or think about the disciples. Think about Judas in particular. Can you imagine if when that, when we're told in the Bible that from that moment on, Judas had made that decision in his heart to betray Jesus. Can you imagine if at that very moment, Jesus just dropped Judas dead? And as all the other disciples look in shock like what just happened, Jesus stood over him and said, you know what? He would eventually have betrayed me. And I want this to be a lesson for all of you that if that's all you're going to do to me, then this is what will happen to you. What would the disciples' reaction have been? If it would not have scared them to death in that very moment, it would have at the very least changed the way they viewed Jesus. They would not have seen him as this patient and compassionate and gracious teacher. They would have have seen him at this very short, wick, prone to rage sort of tyrant. Cross me and find out what it's like. So what does Jesus do? He lets the weed grow alongside the wheat. He lets Judas be there for all of it, for the miracles, for the messages, for everything, so that when it happens, that when the time of harvesting came for Judas, there was no denying that Jesus loved him, that Jesus was patient with him, that Jesus was compassionate with him. Or think of the various examples throughout history. Christians have tried to do the exact opposite of what Jesus says here in the parable. The Crusades tried to take back the Holy Land. The Spanish Inquisition burned heretics at the stake. The Salem witch trials hung like 19 people. And none of them eradicated evil. And God only knows how much wheat was destroyed when they got rid of what they thought were weeds. Or or things like monasteries and nunneries, particularly in like the medieval centuries, they approached it in a different way. Instead of trying to eradicate weeds from the world, those places were built 
so that the wheat could get as far away from them as possible. And Martin Luther made this recognition when he was there in the monastery. He said, you know, without any, without any neighbors around to serve and to love and to take care of, he said, in the monastery, you have no other option but to love and serve and take care of yourself. So in trying to separate wheat from weeds, the wheat doesn't actually get to live as wheat. And it totally chokes out any opportunity for the weeds to actually be brought into wheat. See, if you want to go on your own personal crusade to separate wheat from weeds, Jesus says you have to understand that you will inevitably destroy wheat along the way. There's just no other way around it. You will either uproot the faith of the weak or you will puff up the strong with pride to the point that they are more amazed at their own weakness than they are at the mercy of God. And since Jesus is not willing to lose any of his wheat, Jesus says, let the weeds grow together. And by granting that permission, Jesus salvages all of the work that he does in his field. So, does that mean that Jesus does not care about evil? Or worse, that he condones it? Does it mean that he doesn't want us to care about evil? Or worse, that he wants us to condone it? Far from it. After telling the workers not to pull up the weeds, this is what the landowner said. At the harvest time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. At the harvest, when it's time to bring the wheat into his barn, when it is most abundantly clear which is wheat and which is cheat, Jesus says, then I will deal swiftly and decisively with evildoers. Until then, Jesus tells us to do that which is, I think, probably the most difficult thing you can tell another human being to do. Wait. Be patient. The Lord will bring his justice. But it might not be today, and it might not be tomorrow. But when the harvest comes, so will he. And while Jesus' plan is best, it requires patience from us. But think about what that patience means. It means that the longer the world goes on, yes, the worse evil will become. And aren't we seeing that? But as it grows and gets closer to the harvest, it also becomes more evident Jesus takes what the devil sowed in the darkness of night and he now forces it out into the light of day, making the difference between the devil's work and Jesus' work crystal clear. So that while the world around us is canceling itself to death, 
you and I will have the one thing that canceled people desperately need, but the world will never give them. Forgiveness. Mercy. Compassion. And Jesus' patience also allows time. God not only wants to bring his wheat into the barn, but he desires that no one is lost. He leaves time for us, his wheat, to share the forgiveness of Christ with more and more people who are products of the enemy's work. Time for them not just to shape up or straighten out their lives or improve their behavior, but to actually repent and to come to faith and to become products of Jesus' work. Friends, there will always be evil in this world. There will always be something or someone to cancel, and there will always be someone who is anxiously ready and waiting to do it. But Jesus says, not you. Not you. Because Jesus has a better solution. And as strange as it sounds, Jesus says, instead of canceling evil, I'm going to permit it. I'm going to allow the wheat and the weeds to grow together, not only to allow my gracious work in the world to continue unhindered, but in the end, to ultimately destroy the devil's work once and for all. And he does it all for the benefit of you. His wheat, his work for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.